Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm James. I'm Jody. Welcome to October. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for this since last October. <laughs> been waiting since uh, November the 1st. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess what I said was wrong then. Because, yeah, I, how can I wait for October until October ends? You, you love it that much. You love it so much, you miss it while it's there. Hey, that works for me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like that first girlfriend that does naughty things with you, that even when she's with you holding your hand, you're missing the naughty stuff. Ooh, yeah. There but, you go. But That's in this case, it's October and spooky stuff. Yeah. Could still be naughty. Could be, especially, you know, when you're talking about things like vampires. Yeah. Hey, that reminds me. It does? Yeah. You tell. That is this episode. <laughs> Woo! And, well, this episode and the next. <laughs> and the next, yes. This episode, uh, we are going to talk about the folklore of vampires. Yeah, or at least European vampires, because that's where we know most of our stuff. And, you know, at least if we're wrong, it's going to be culturally correct. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, well, we'll get around to Eastern vampires and Chinese, Japanese asia africa middle east yeah um but just not this to kind of like the crossroads where i want to make sure some of the things i wrote are correct and we want to make sure you know not going to talk about the scientific reasons why people refuse to believe in vampires partially because that would be a different episode and partially because they're wrong yeah we know we know we're vampires <clears throat> i mean that they're vampires out there uh before we actually get into this do we want to do we want to kind of mention how I guess how we kind of got into vampires or. Yeah, go ahead. You start. Okay. I think the earliest thing was my brother telling me about a dream he had where a vampire had attacked the family and he had to get a stake to kill it. And of course I, th I was like three years old and I was trying to figure out how he was driving a, you know, a, a stake, not, not a wooden stake, uh, but a, a meat stake, a, a meat stake through the vampire's <laughs> chest. And it did not make any sense to me whatsoever. But uh, no, I, uh, when I was in, uh, grade school and you know the um how, what's the what's the what was the book thing that always came around every every year or something scholastic book fair yeah the scholastic book fair so i for some reason i have no idea what possessed me to buy this book on vampires satan uh well i i don't i maybe <laughs> <laughs> um part of a series called the weird and horrible library uh, it was written by Nancy Garden. I think she was the one who did the whole series of, of books from this library. It was called, it's just called Vampires. Uh, but I, after I bought it, it took me a while before I actually sat down and read it because the cover has a picture of Christopher Lee as Dracula with, you know, his, his mouth open enough so you can see the fangs and his, it's, he's, blood's covering his lips and dripping down his chin and i mean this, i got this book and i was like why the hell did i buy this it scares the hell out of me but eventually i got i got around reading it and it's got some really interesting stuff in it so yeah that was kind of where i started to get into vampires cool mine wouldn't have started quite so early maybe i don't know i have an uncle who watched a lot of horror films and he'd come over and he'd talk about things so i remember 
<clears throat> him talking about one of the vampire movies he watched, and I, I don't even know which one. I mean, it's not like in the mid to late 70s there weren't a thousand of them. True, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but mentioned the hero during the whole movie towards the end there. He just he knew the sun was coming up, so he just grabbed the vampire and held him tight and held him up, and the sun burnt the vampire to death. So so that kind of intrigued me. But yeah. then I also had a friend, uh, Andy. Uh, maybe I won't use his last name because, you know, don't know if he wants to be on here or not. <laughs> when I when I use names, it's usually because we've okayed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he got into horror films when I was a kid, but he would talk about some of the scariest shit. And I've mentioned before how as a young man, that stuff scared me. Yes. So, yeah, be- between my uncle being a bit theatrical about it, a little scary, and um, Andy being very effusive about blood and gore, it <laughs> probably wasn't until uh, Interview with the Vampire came out that I really started to get into it again. Really? Yeah. I huh. don't even think I watched uh, any Draculas or anything until um, Interview with the Vampire. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, so, so yeah, Vampire Folk? Yeah, Vampire and Folklore. So you have obviously heard, because I know when we talked on the phone the other day, you mentioned them, of the Lilithu. Yes. And these aren't vampires. They're demons, but they have vampire-type qualities. Mm-hmm. Mesopotamian, female vampires, also known as the Lilin, demonesses who were hostile to men, which isn't that much different than my exes. True. Not saying true. I didn't do anything to deserve it. <laughs> also true. <laughs> and depending on what you read, of course, these are just Mesopotamian demonesses. Demonesses. <laughs> female demons. How's that? There you go. But some, especially once you get into sort of the Jewish type of thing, uh, they say that they came from Lilith, who was the first demon and the first wife of Adam. Yes, which she is mentioned in my book on vampires that I had as a child, but I completely forgot about her until uh, college. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, when you suddenly realize that there's more than just the normal Christian Bible, and you're like, really? Adam had a wife before Eve? (laughs) Yeah. Why, why, uh, why did he? Why, why is he not mentioned in Sunday? Or she not mentioned in Sunday school? Because they didn't want to talk about how she wanted to be on top. <laughs> yep. Or, yep. I, she wanted to be on top. I don't know how I just said that. I don't. I, I think you said it correctly. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, the, the, the my kids' book on vampires that, that I've had forever. She she glossed over that just that Lilith didn't want to be subservient to Adam. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a, it can be more than just a sexual position. <laughs> yeah. My my favorite way of telling the story is Adam and Lilith went to have sex, and Adam said, lay down. She said, no, you lay down. I want to get on top. He said, no, you lay down. I want to get on top. No, you lay down. <laughs> Adam goes, God, she won't do what I tell her. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't compromise and just have him go at her from behind where they're both on their knees. There you go. Gosh. You want a fun fact on Lilith? Sure. When she left Adam, of course, she mm-hmm. did all sorts of things, but she then became the wife of the angel of death, Samael. Really? And those are the children that became the Lilim, the demons, that stole babies and stuff, but they weren't vampires. Huh. I, that, that's, okay, I was going to say that's the first time I've heard his name associated with that. Um, usually what you hear is that she went out and mated with demons. And that's where the, the Lilin came from. I've heard that too. 
Yeah. And that's in there too, but this this I found in a few different uh places. So kind of neat. Interesting. That's that is, that is interesting. I like that. Yeah. Do you do you want to hear another fun fact about uh how they named uh gods and and people in the Jewish tradition before they were uh, monotheistic? Sure. So that Samael, that L part that goes uh -huh. with all the angels, Michael, Samael, Raphael, and so on. Uh it's part of the like God would be El Hoim yes. and he's got a few others, but that L part indicates that they were a god. So these were all gods of a pantheon before they became monotheistic. Oh. And LM was the greatest, so he is God, and all these others became angels. At least is a theory. I mean, the, the linguistics of it is correct. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, where do you want to go from there? Well, I will happily argue with any Baptist that wants to, because they're the most fun. I never really thought of... Michael being pronounced Michael. Yeah, and I don't know. Like my pronunciation, obviously, and every other language sucks. So ancient Aramaic yeah. is gonna suck too. But yeah, well, but yeah, I've, I've, I've never thought of that being its own syllable. The L part being its own syllable in the name Michael, like, because in English we don't pronounce it that way. But that yeah, would not, make sense. Not even positive. It's a completely different piece. I, I just know it's part of the word. So you know. I'm going to bet you probably were were right, though. I, I, it probably is a separate. I'm, I'm just guessing, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I did not know that. Well, some of my family know that because that's actually one of the things I knew before I started researching this episode. They, mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't always like to talk about these things with me. <laughs> I bet they don't. <laughs> Well, why doesn't Lucifer have that either? Because Lucifer's better. <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> Would you like me to go to the next yep. one I saw? <laughs> sure. All right. And, and these, these first few are just precursors. None of these are vampires, but they're types of walking, living, undead, demony type of things who have similar roles as vampires. Yeah. As, such as the sucking of the blood and the killing and coming back and but the next is, and Jody has actually talked about this being in a different episode, uh, the Norse Dwarger. Yes. Yeah, definitely as a precursor. I've actually seen somewhere where somebody listed them as a vampire type, and I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but there, there, you know, like you said, there are some similarities. Uh, I have an unfinished poem that I started writing about a Draugr. So. Oh, I know, I know you do. I mean, yeah, may, you may be pronouncing it more appropriately, correctly than I am. I have no idea. <laughs> I was actually kind of stumbling over the word as I pronounced it just now, so I have, I have no idea. Uh, maybe I'll dig that poem out sometime and and what I've got of it. But I, you know, you know what you year. should. You should do it for Christmas. You know why? Why? Because so the Dwarger, uh, we'll we'll do this part first. Is not a vampire, even though yes. its, it's strong will brings its life force back into its dead body. Mm -hmm. But they can still die from decay, yeah, and fire and dismemberment, even though they're stronger and more resistant than humans. Mm -hmm. The most famous comes from Icelandic folklore, where Glamour dies on Christmas Eve and comes back, causing horror and fainting. And the hero Greter, uh, who this is his whole saga, if you want to yeah, look up. Yeah. Uh, is he destroys him in a fight, but then is cursed, and the rest of his life kind of sucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greta's saga. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's it. Um, okay. It's not come out yet, but um, 
<laughs> well, okay, it technically came out on accident already. <laughs> our, our episode on Bombadil and the Barrow Whites. <laughs> Look, okay, so as we're recording this, Tom Bombadil and the Barrow Whites episode has not come out, but it will have by the time this one airs. So when I'm setting these up, I accidentally put it in as 820 instead of 920. Sue me. I was actually wondering, I'm thinking, does Podbean only let me go so far? I put it in. Where's it at? It's not in the row. And then I wake up at five going, we have three likes for a new epo crapola. <laughs> so to Polly, Jeff, and Suzanne, who liked it on Facebook, thank you, because that allowed me to realize what's going on and bump it back to where it goes. And for you half a dozen or so people who downloaded it we hope you enjoyed it early <laughs> you, you got a gift <laughs> M- merry halloween <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway. where, where i was going with that was uh, the, the barrow whites kind of mimic or well, not necessarily mimic but i think the barrow whites are kind of based on a, a little bit of that a little bit uh, although drowner, yeah no, but, but there are some little but but a, a draugr will do similar things um not just people but animals in the area of influence will wither and die crops will wither and die not necessarily things that, that part's not necessarily associated with, vamp, with vampires but the the animals and the humans withering and dying it would be a connection yeah draugr don't typically leave their grave if i remember correctly it's it's usually usually when there's a confrontation not not always but i think usually if there's confrontation it's because somebody has entered the grave no no i know uh, glamour does he actually comes back and attacks the farm household okay and uh, i think he actually I, I, it's been a while since i've read it but i think he comes back and scares off or kills maybe one or two people who took a spot and then the greater comes in and, uh, and i think but i do know glamour attacks the actual farm hole uh farm household farm okay. house okay well yeah and that's what that's what i was saying sometimes that they do leave the grave but not not always they're already they're they're affecting the surrounding areas so you're gonna have to go to the grave to confront them anyway now if you do find that and you have to go take care of it the best things to take with you when you go after dwagger are a spear and magic helmet spear and magic helmet spear and magic helmet Teaching opera to young children since 1960 something something <laughs> or before I've, 50s maybe I think some of those were 50s right? I don't know. We can go back to the 30s I think. Well, anyway, before we get sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next one, Revenants. Yes. Uh, Revenants were recorded in English records as far back as the 1100s. Yes. Even though it comes from an old French word meaning returning. Mm-hmm. Although some folklorists use the term interchangeably with vampires and ghosts from that time. Although I disagree with that small subset and agree with those who think revenants are more Western European and vampires were more Eastern European and they're not the same thing and ghosts are something completely different. Although maybe more overlap with the revenant. I, it's been a while since I've read up on the revenants. I, what I remember reading about them is that, I'm trying to remember what it was that, that usually caused them to come back. Uh, from from what I've seen, it's just mostly that they're restless and they were evil motherfuckers. Yeah. Wanted to continue being uh, an evil motherfucker and still want to come back. Uh, they Some were evil sorcerers. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Most of them suck the blood of their victims, which is where the overlap with vampires comes in. And okay. they're pretty much just restless assholes who wanted to come back and kill people. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Although some were also just uh, dead child beings, which is kind of scary as crap. <laughs> and that's kind of what I have for precursors, although I would like to point out that there's archaeological evidence that the Greeks would pin down bodies to keep them from raising from their graves as far back as 4500 BCE. Yes. So not necessarily vampires. No evidence of that. Just that they would pin the bodies down. <laughs> yeah. So well, we're talking about vampires, but there is, of course, overlap with different names, uh, which uh, the Sturigoi in Romanian are Romanian troubled spirits similar to vampires. And those did bleed over into Greek and Rome. Uh, there's the Esri, a Jewish female vampire that instead of like bats and wolves that we'll talk about soon, uh, they turn into birds or cats. I know. And, and, yeah, see, there's a there's an estuary right now. Kill it, kill it. Sometimes I think my cat can hear you because when you were saying kill it, kill it, he looked up at me. <laughs> Try it, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, what is that noise? No, I think he's just trying to get comfortable. Ah, gotcha. uh, then there's the Dom Pieter from the Balkans, uh, offspring of a human and a vampire. Mm-hmm. A lot of the strengths, few of the weaknesses. Um, yeah, they are. Uh, typically, it's a male vampire and a female human. Typically, but it can go both ways, but you're right in the typical. Blade from Marvel Comics. Yeah, the Daywalker. The Daywalker. Um, He's technically a Dompier, although his mother did not get pregnant by a vampire. She was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant with him, and that's how he picked up the, the vampiric stuff. Yeah. He's he's technically he's he's technically a Dompier, although I don't know in the comics they actually go into that. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what do you got next? Oh, I am, don't worry. <laughs> so there's the and again, my apologies to our Greek listeners. Prokolakis, the Greek vampires, or Greek vampiric creatures, and they were written yes. back as far back as sixteen forty five. Ah. And in Ireland, there's the Oh, let's screw this up pretty bad. Yeah, I even work on Irish. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you, aren't you trying to learn Irish? Yeah, but I don't have anybody that's learning with me, so it makes it much more difficult to actually be fluent. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but the Avratok, uh, who's a dwarf magician who ended up coming back as a vampire. Huh. And, and I've got another Irish one that I'm saving for the end of the episode. Okay. Now, I, wait a minute. I didn't think dwarves could be magic users. Oh, wait, that's D&D. Uh, that's, that's cal- <laughs> calm down there. Flint. <laughs> now, I've already given some of it away because we jumped ahead and I'm going to jump back a little bit. <laughs> Do you know when vampire lore really began? Like the, the century range. Oh. Um... Now, vampire, vampire. Now, remember those Fricolocas were vampire like creatures. But not yeah. necessarily vampires. If I remember right, uh, didn't it start around the 16th century? 1600s and okay. 1700s. So okay. 17th and 18th. Uh, the, the earliest recorded story is from uh, 1672 Croatia. Uh, the story of Jure Grando Alivik, who, after dying, drank blood of others and raped his wife. Uh huh. And they tried to kill him with a stake through the heart, but that didn't quite work, so they had to behead him. That usually works. It <laughs> <She> does. <laughs> And you'll see some people talk about King James when he wrote in his demonology, uh, 1597, um, that demons could inhabit the dead, uh, dead bodies and living people. 
some people say that's how vampires come about, but that King James did not use the word vampires, did not say vampires. He said possession of the dead and the living, not vampires. Yeah. Jerks. Yeah. And King James, that'd be an interesting one to talk about his witchcraft and demonology sometime because, woo, is he mad about them? Yeah. Caused storms and wrecked the boat with his wife and stuff. <laughs> well, well then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and initially, vampires were thought to mostly feed just from their own family or mm-hmm. those in similar professions, like a, a miller who came back as a vampire would go and kill other millers. Huh. I had uh, not heard about the profession part. I knew about the family thing. Uh, you know, the church probably spread that one too. Yeah. Darn church. And this next bit, we'll get into more in next week's episode in literature. But you'll see that the lore started in, yes. Eastern, Europe, in, in Eastern Europe, Eastern European countries in the 16 and 1700s, kind of late 1600s. Mm-hmm. But then already by the beginning of the 1800s, you're having people write about it. That's becoming part of literature. Yes. Dun-dun. Foreshadowing. Dun dun dun. Oh, that's a drink. All right. I'm glad I still got some arrogant bastard. Ah, uh, Weyerbacher, you make a kick ass Imperial pumpkin. Now, Jody, above everybody else, would probably like to know how to become a vampire. Um or a lich. Uh, oh, here you go, Jody. I will tell you how you can become a vampire. Okay. You can be bitten by by a vampire. Yeah. And initially you were just bitten. Now they've turned it into this whole thing where you have to be bitten and they suck all the blood out and they give you some of their own blood and it's this huge. No, initially just be bitten. It's cool. Hmm. Which, if that if that was the case, it really would be like the zombie thing. <laughs> yep. I, I get where that changed a bit. Um, there's a Jewish legend of a dead body being left unattended and unburied for three days, and she came back as a vampire. Ooh. So of course the downside of that is you're going to have to die and be left unattended for three days. And by then your cat's going to have eaten everything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now I will say though, and this will be in an upcoming episode, one of our specials for Halloween, that'll be towards the very end by Halloween, Uh is that this also could just be a practical thing because a dead body left unattended, spoiling and everything is just unsanitary. Yes. And can cause illness. So they don't want anybody leaving the bodies out. So, you know. Makes sense. You want to know what day you should be born on if you want to be a vampire? Ooh, 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 yeah, what day? Monday, Christ- Monday. Christmas. Oh, damn. Not day Chris- of the week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have said date then, huh? <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. Christmas? Those born Christmas? on Christmas? Oh, how I love Christmas. And they're roast who beast. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who was... Who was born on Christmas? That came back from the dead. Hmm. Gracious. And converted people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and fed them his, his blood. blood. <laughs> it, it all makes sense. Everybody keeps saying Jesus is a lich, but no, he's a vampire. <laughs> it doesn't just have to be Christmas. Sometimes they say on Christmas. Sometimes they say between Christmas and Epiphany, which is at 12 days of Christmas we talked about last Christmas season. Yeah. Epiphany ends on January 6th, so somehow I missed it by a day, damn it. Aww. I'm just going to have to become a vampire the old-fashioned way. (laughs) But which way? Well, suicide is likely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 I've heard that. (laughs) Uh, If 
I happen to die, you can have one of my dogs because if an animal, mostly a cat, sometimes a dog, jumps over the corpse, they're more likely to come back as a vampire. Uh. Witches are more likely to become vampires. True. Buried in a way other than supine. Uh, upside down supine is is actually good in preventing it, but that's still supine. But if you bury them like sitting up, uh-huh. it makes it more possible. You would bury them face down because when they try to dig out of the grave, they're going to dig down instead of up. That is, and it confuses them, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, excommunication. <laughs> well, then you're already in. <laughs> well, I've, I've got my goal here in a second, but being buried in unconsecrated ground. Yep. Or eating meat that has been injured by a werewolf. Okay. So, if, and, and I don't want to make light of suicide because the actual thing, you know, but yeah. it happens. So, if, if I happen to commit suicide, Make sure my dogs jump over me. Already got the witch thing down. Bury me in an odd place. You're right. Got the excommunication thing down. <laughs> and bury me in the backyard because that's got to be unconsecrated. <laughs> I was just going to throw you in the ditch and kick some dirt on you. Well, give me a proper burial, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So would you like to know how to keep them from being a vampire? Or, um... or at least if they become one, keeping them in the ground. Okay, well, we already talked about burying them upside down. Bury the uh, body head downward. So, yes, face you know. down. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you can go ahead and stake them while, they're, you know, while you're burying them. Where do you stake them? Through the heart. Or the stomach sometimes. Or the stomach. See, and the, the thing about the staking isn't originally, it wasn't necessarily that the staking killed them. It, it was it was this point actually it was to keep them in the grave if yeah. you stake them in they can't get out yeah just <laughs> them in the torso someplace <laughs> yeah yeah that was that's actually the point of staking them it's not to kill them it's to keep them from getting out the thing is the stake has to be long enough to go all the way through the body into the ground underneath the coffin yeah so don't so. stop halfway through no no because if you stop halfway through the vampire is going to fake it like you killed him and then once you're you know you oh i killed you don't drive the stake all the way through he's going to come back after you that's that's awesome and it doesn't have to be a wooden stake either a metal a big old metal rod or stake right through the torso also does just fine yes yes um you have any others you know i i would imagine beheading them as they're buried decapitation before or after death i mean Mm -hmm. i'm assuming the before would cause the death but you know (laughs) what i read was decapitation before maybe that means before burial or after burial I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there, there um, are several more. You have any more uh, thoughts? Um, well, in the episode on Crossroads, we talked about burying them in a crossroads, but that's not so much to keep them from getting out of the grave. That's to confuse them when they come out. Right. That's that's more of a weakness that they don't know where they're going. Right. Well, I'm going to say fill the coffin with garlic. It's a weakness we'll get to, not yeah. a preventative. Okay. Um, I, off the top of my head, I cannot think of anything else to keep them from turning into a vampire. Well, turning, turning into or coming or out coming of the grave. Out, yeah, coming out of the grave. I can't. Off the, yeah, off the top of my head. Oh, well, um, you can put a picture of Jesus on the lid of the coffin, on the inside of the lid, or a cross, or, or some holy symbol. <laughs> How blasphemous should I be? <laughs> <laughs> nope, let's move on. So, holy symbols in there can sometimes keep them in but the holy symbols are more of a modern-y thing but yes yes you are correct 
Now I I got this is a little tangent, but in in my my weird and horrible library book, I, one of the ways she talks about to trap a vampire, or do you, do you have stuff on that? So maybe I'll save it for that. No, just say okay. Um, is you take uh you take a bottle like a wine bottle, empty, and you put a little bit of blood in the bottom of it, and the vampire will go into the bottle and get the blood, and then you put a cork in there. But the cork has to have a picture of Jesus on the bottom of the cork so that when the vampire goes to push the cork out, there's Jesus and he has to go back down to the bottom of the bottle and he can't get out of the bottle. I think this lady may be a Jesus freak. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> she kind of sounds like a Jesus freak. Or <laughs> I guess she's writing at it from a very evangelical type of Christian point of view. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure where she got that little bit of information, so I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm not entirely sure why the vampire would have to turn into anything to get in there, because if there's blood at the bottom of the vial, they just pick it up and drink it. Well, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> For fuck's sake, Leslie, are you writing vampire books too? <laughs> Sorry, that won't be, you won't know what I'm talking about for another few weeks when the Great Pumpkin episode comes out. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> any others? Yeah. Or do you want me to just read them off to you now? Um, just go ahead, because I, I can't, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of them right now. Okay. Put dirt under its chin. Not not exactly sure, although all it said was that you put the dirt under there, and then it can't actually move its mouth. That, maybe hmm. that is a keeping it from becoming one, not keeping it from getting out. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. A coin or stone or rock in its mouth. Interesting. Handkerchief around its throat. Hmm. Hawthorn twigs in its socks. Yes, because that will make it difficult to walk. And hawthorn is considered a um, sacred plant. Yeah, hawthorn's like a, a, a protection tree plant thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can also pin it down. Uh, we talked about the metal and um, wood and everything, but a millstone on its chest or head will also keep it pinned down. That would keep most things pinned down. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> I mean, vampires are strong, but it's a millstone. Yeah. That's a big grave to put a millstone in. <laughs> well, <laughs> he was a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm picturing Mr. Creosote from Monty Python. Oh, nice. Meaning of life. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, did Baker become a vampire? But that was a huge... And now we'll see if he listens to these. <laughs> uh, you can place agricultural instruments near or on the grave, like size, sickles, because what it does is... The, they would decapitate the, them as they come out. Well, supposedly what it means is that we understand that they're dead, so the demons, this is where if a demon comes and inhabits the body and makes it a vampire, oh. that the demon knows that we know it's dead and we're taking, you know, we've already taken care of everything, so fuck off. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you can place coins in the mouth, which I'd, I'd mentioned, um, but you can also do the on the eyes, but I personally think that that's somebody writing with the confusion of the old Charon uh, crossing the river sticks thing. Yeah. Uh, however the pr fuck you pronounce Charon's name. I think you had it right the first time. I know the, the CH is a cuss sound, but I, I have no idea about the Aaron. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can uh, carry the coffin feet first. So the vampire can't tell where it's going, so it won't come back. Kind of like the crossroads thing. Yeah. You can put steel in its mouth, over its eyes, in its ears, and between its fingers. So not necessarily like a big steel rod, but just steel in all those places. Hmm. 
Not, not sure what that does, except. I was going to say, I have not heard that one before. Um, you can uh, sever the tendons of its knees. Well, yeah, that'll. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll hamper his, his or her abilities to come back and run you down pretty well. <laughs> yep. So the fun thing is, these all are not just from different cultures, but a lot of them overlap. And mm -hmm. a lot of them are new. A lot of them are old. <laughs> so good luck picking which one you want to do, because it doesn't mean that this one will work with this vampire. <laughs> True. Real quick, I'll jump back to things that could make you become a vampire. Uh-huh. It was, it was, in some places, it was believed that uh, people with red hair or people with certain color eyes, I think it was blue. So if you had red hair and blue eyes, you were pretty much fucked. I knew there was something about my wife. She's not a vampire. I'm not fooling anybody. You just have horses tricked. <laughs> Your wife's sweet. What are you talking about? And that is one of the things about vampires. <laughs> they are tricksy motherfuckers. <laughs> that, that is something we will talk about a little bit here and when we get to the literature one next week about their sensual, hypnotic, you like me. <laughs> That's true. They are like that. So, they can mesmerize. Ooh. What other <laughs> strengths the vampires have? Oh, um, well, we've already said they're strong. Super strong. Super strong. Um, some of them can change shape. Yep. Um, into uh, different animals or mist. Typically wolves or bats, but yeah. Yeah. And, and um, uh, they can command animals. Rats, wolves, probably bats. Um, some of them can fly. Yes, yeah, so although that's more, way more modern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, still. I mean, maybe they're just evolving. Ooh. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah, uh, they, can, they can mesmerize. They can control minds. Yep, very hypnotic and sensual and mesmeritic. Yeah. Fuck you, philologists. Uh. <laughs> and they're resistant to illness. Uh, I mean, they're dead already, so they don't get sick. Yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't catch disease. They may carry disease, but they don't get sick from it. Um, fortitude, you know, they're hard to injure as well as being strong. Yeah, but, well, again, they're, they're already dead, so there's not, not, a, not a whole lot of damage you can, you can do with a gun or a sword or <laughs> uh, punching them, you know. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> <laughs> Movie. What about weaknesses? Some of them have to count, and I'm not just saying that because of the count from Sesame uh, Street. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> one moron on a podcast. Uh, two moron on a podcast. Um, no, you're right. Yeah, the counting it, and this this comes from other things too. But if you spill sand or seeds or rice or something around their grave when they come out, mm -hmm. they have to count it first. Yes. Before they can go do their chewing of mortals. Yes. Or um, a, another place you can do it is outside of the entrance to your home to keep them from coming in because they will see it when they try to get in and they'll have to stop and count it. And, you know, hopefully you put enough out there that they're still there when the sun comes up. I, I think that, I think there are some legends where silver affects them, but I, the, there, I think there's some discussion on whether that overlaps with werewolves uh, or if there's some confusion I think there's uh, confusion between whether that's yeah I do uh, I do too although I did um, I did I did see something on 
Facebook. I think it started on Tumblr, but somebody shared it on Facebook about vampires not being able to see their reflection in a mirror. I saw that. Yeah, about how it was originally, it, it was a silver backing on mirrors, and that's why they couldn't see it. But now they typically use, what, tin? Aluminum. Aluminum, and so it would have no effect on vampires. You that's not see it. Reflection. That's nothing to do with silver. It's because they don't have <laughs> souls. That's why they don't cast reflection. And I am friends with that same person who shared it, and I almost said that. I'm like, it's not worth it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Yeah, I I got a chuckle out of it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because they don't have soul. They don't cast reflection because they don't have souls, similar to other supernatural creatures or people who have sold their soul to the devil. Yeah. What uh, about the sun? Is the sun a weakness or does it destroy him? <laughs> it's a weakness. Yes, that's right. It's just a weakness, fuckers. And they don't sparkle in sunlight. Well, not real vampires. No. Unless it's Gay Pride Day. That's cool. <laughs> they can sparkle however they want. Sparkle however they want. You just yeah. know, sister. I, no. Uh, and we'll talk about this more next year when we do film uh, vampires in film. But the first instance where sunlight destroyed a vampire was 1922's Nosferatu. Was was the, uh, the movie. Yeah. Because they needed to do something so they didn't get sued by the Dracula group. <laughs> They still got sued by Stoker's widow. Yeah, but they tried to change a couple things. Yeah. Uh, ugly sunlight, so <laughs> name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, sunlight, it can weaken them, but typically in the folklore, it did not destroy them. I, uh, my understanding is that is the first instance was in the movie. Yep, that's um, what I've seen too. And yeah. the reason why the sun does it, they think... Uh, some of the writers I, I read is that it comes from the co folklore of the cock crowing and the announcement of daylight. Yeah. Uh, so daylight is a daybreak is a liminal time and we're going into you're now safe time. It's not dark. It's now daylight. It's a human time and not the creature animal monster time. Right. And in fact, it's not even necessarily the sun. Sometimes in some stories, it's the actual cock crowing. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And not just with vampires, with other things. Right, yeah, it's a supernatural thing, a yeah. daylight thing, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it does not kill them, does not destroy them. Nope, and neither does garlic. It, garlic's used as a ward against evil for centuries, which is how it somehow got attached to all evil, including vampires. But that makes sense if it's against all evil. Sure, works. Yeah. But that, that's where the garlic is. It's a weakness, uh, not a, you know. Yeah. I suppose... If you were to fill their coffin with garlic, would that trap them, or would that just make them not be able to go back? They'd like have to get out. Well, isn't that another weakness? They have to be buried in their native, or they have to sleep in their native soil. You know, I did not see that in a lot of the older stuff. They tend to go back to their grave, but nowhere did it say they have to. Hmm. They can't cross running water. They cannot cross running water, which also works for witches, ghosts, fairies, and other supernatural creatures yes. like the headless horseman. Yes. <laughs> Do you know why they can't cross running water? I've heard a couple of different things. I think part of it, I, I think one of the explanations I saw is it's actually a territorial boundary, but that may be, I may be picking that up from something else like Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> well, it's, it's just that moving water has been used as a ritualistic purifying magic component. Uh, okay, if you want to get rid sense. of negative energy, you immerse yourself in a creek or rivers or go out into the rain because that rinses it away. And that's been around way longer than vampire lore, so it got yes. attached to vampires like it did witches, ghosts, and everything else. Yeah, okay. 
Oh, and they cannot enter a dwelling unless they are invited in. For the first time. For the first time. And okay, it's well, not really consistent, sense. but once they're invited in, it's pretty much ready to go. And and this one, I think, comes from the whole medieval, 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 <laughs> medieval honor thing of being needed to invited. Oh, my God, if I could say that in English, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> kind of like the medieval honor thing of being needed an invitation into the house manor etc for housing food etc because that's what was done at the time so i think it's more of a bleeding over of that into supernatural creatures as well could be because even that is not consistent hey, there are all sorts of stories out there where the vampire just comes the fuck in i yeah i have i have seen reference to that Yep, I've seen where they can just come in. I've seen where they can come in without an invitation, but they're weaker. I've seen where they have to be, be invited in just the first time or invited in every time. Not really consistent, so very well known. I think it's kind of bullshit. But if they can mesmerize you from outside the window, they can get you to let them in. That's right. They can use their other powers. <laughs> <laughs> and... So, you, so you, you've got to have that strong willpower like Van Helsing. That's right. Or, or, or maybe they don't even have to mesmerize. They can just work at a video store and ask your mom if they can come in on a date like in Lost Boys. Yes. Which one of the best vampire movies ever. You know what? Kind of take that back from what we said earlier. Lost Boys loved it when it first came out. Love yeah, was... Lost Boys. Okay. Yeah, I did too. Oh, and, and you know how you mentioned the uh, holy symbols earlier? Yeah. The only one I've actually seen that's from folklore, and probably because it's Eastern European, so it's Christian, is the crucifix. Yeah. So, yeah, so people who say you can use the yank or some Buddhist stuff or what, no, sorry. Nah, nah just the crucifix. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and by the way, Protestants, the crucifix. It's got to have Jesus on it. Not that's just the cross. Right. It's got to have Jeebus hanging there, like that torture symbol y'all wear for some bloody evil reason <laughs> that's, there, there, there are differences that's right crucifix has Jeebus crosses do not and if you think I'm being blasphemous by saying his name wrong moving on <laughs> do you have any other weaknesses for vampires I mean I know you don't have weaknesses per se yeah I was going to say I don't have any weaknesses I don't know what are you talking about um, no, I mean I you, you're overly modest sometimes but other than that yeah well that's a weakness. It's <laughs> Do you know how to destroy vampires? Fire. Lots and lots of fire. You know what, you know what fire kills? Um, everything. Pretty much everything except maybe <laughs> fire demons or fire salamanders or, or smaug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fire pretty much kills everything. So fire. Fire can fire. kill vampires. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've talked about beheading. Uh, decapitation. Decapitation uh, works. Sunlight does not work. That is correct. Pouring salt on them uh, does absolutely nothing. That is correct. Nothing. Uh, although well, they may have to stop and count it. May have to count it, and it seasons <laughs> them if you want to bite them. <laughs> see what it feels like? Do you see? Like, why, yes. How do you think I got to this one? I almost spit my beer, damn it. <clears throat> <laughs> um, staking them does not kill them. It just pins them in. Correct. Some places they say drowning that you can actually shoot them and kill them sometimes especially if you have a silver bullet those are werewolves <laughs> <laughs> you 
you can, I know. <laughs> you can repeat the funeral service. Really? Yep. Redo their funeral service. Supposed to do it. You well, can uh, you can put a lemon in their mouth. How does that kill them? <laughs> Look, if 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 I told you we're not getting into the scientific reasons of why they don't exist, I also do not have the time to explain to you how citric acid interacts with the hemoglobins of that special vampiric strain of blood, thus rendering them deceased for the second time. Okay. But exorcisms work. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I'm assuming these work for some and not others. Like the exorcism yeah. would definitely be good for the demon vampire, but yeah, brick in the mouth of a female vampire. Why just the female? Never mind. Don't know. It actually specifically said it has to be female vampire, but it was a brick, so it wasn't anything weird. Thank goodness. <laughs> I don't. I, I, okay. <laughs> you can place the uh, Eucharist in the mouth of the vampire, the Holy Eucharist from yeah, Mass, mm -hmm. and as the priest said to the nun, just let me put a little religion into you. Holy water. Yeah. Specifically sense. in the mouth. Yep. Which they think may go with the baptismal rite. Like that's a whole rebaptizing thing. Yes, I could see that. But anyway, ways to kill a vampire. Now, there are recent vampire sightings also. Do tell. Oh, thanks. I think I will. I wasn't going to, but since you insist. <clears throat> in Rhode Island, vampire panic. Uh, starting around 1793 and lasting until around 1892 oh. with Whew. the Mercy Brown vampire incident. Okay, that was after my my ancestor lived there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something about you. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, was it Mercy Brown? Mercy Brown. Mercy Brown. Not Murphy Brown. Not Murphy. Mercy. Or not okay. Lord have mercy, but Mercy Brown. Okay. I was going to say, I've heard that story, and then, I, and then I thought of Murphy Brown, and maybe I haven't heard of Mercy Brown. Oh, yeah, because we actually did that KCRW contest, and we talked about her. Oh, you yes, you did mention her. Yeah. Yes. But that's yes. okay. Uh, you'll all get to hear that at the end of this month sometime. Yeah. We'll also tell you if we win, but don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. A neat one, 1970s Highgate Cemetery in London. There were vampires. There's a Highgate vampire that people swear they saw vampires and it was starting to get overrun and everything. And it's, it's a thing. You should all look up Highgate vampire. Huh. So quite recent indeed. Cool. Yeah, that's um, 1970s. That's within our lifetime. It is. But as far as I'm concerned, um, the world didn't exist before I was born. So I'm a ghost in the mind of. <laughs> All was mist and darkness. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I've got one more neat thing. Vampire. But do you have anything before I uh, talk about her? Um, no. All right, then. I shall speak of the Daraga Dua, the red bloodsucker from Irish mythology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a vampire who behaves similar to the succubus because she entices men with her beauty and once holding them in her arms and they start getting all excited and dreaming of naughty things, she drains them of their blood and not in the way they're hoping. <laughs> Supposedly, though, there's only the one of them. She started out as a mortal in love with a local farmer. <laughs> with a local farmer. Her father promised her to an older and richer man, but her new husband treated her so cruelly that she took her own life. 
they think that she starved herself to death by uh, hiding the food that they'd bring her. And when they buried her, she rose from her grave and took revenge on both the husband and her father. Every, every ounce of blood was drained from them. And annually on the day of her death, she rises again and entices men with her beauty and charms to do things. And she drains them of their blood. Uh, but you can't stop her by covering her, bra- her brains. <laughs> does her skull open up like a, it's got like it a does. lid? <laughs> it does. It's like Darth Vader's. Uh, she, she can be stopped by covering her grave with stones. So they actually think they know where the grave is. And people still to this day go and cover that grave with stones. But if the rocks are dislodged and you don't, so you don't do it every year, she will return. Uh, that I I have heard, I have heard that story. Yeah, but that 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 that's what I have on vampiric folklore. All right. Although I will say, or rather ask, do you do you know why I'm drinking beer tonight? Because you're breathing. Because I don't drink wine. wine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will see you next week for. Vampires in literature. Yep. But not pigs in space. Aw. Maybe pigs in blankets. Ooh. But damn, definitely vampires in literature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So until then, I'm James. I'm Jody. We'll see everybody later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn sheep. <laughs> you know why Scotsmen wear kilts. <laughs> uh, I guess for our listeners. Um, so the sheep don't hear the zippers. <laughs> yeah. We'll seem smarter than we are. <laughs> smarter than the average bear. <laughs> hey, boo boo. <laughs> no, come back. I don't come even back. know. Come back. That was nice and creepy. <laughs> Sorry. <That's great. laughs> Moving on. Oh, drink. gracious. <laughs> you drink for that one. I drank when you did the tangent earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I drink. Yeah, yeah. Too late now. You had your chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Wait, that's yeah. not. <laughs> That's not how it goes. I was wondering what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs>